Welcome back to the Bro Country Podcast. My name is Joey, and as always, I am joined by... Hey man, it's Chris here. What's going on over there tonight, Joey? Not a whole lot, my man. How's it going over there? Pretty good. Awesome. Well, we got a good friend of the show that's rejoined us for tonight's episode, Mr. Jake Rowe. How's it going, man? Round two. We back. <laughs> we back with right. another early 90s icon. I cannot, I cannot wait for this episode, guys. This is... This gets me to the bones right here. <laughs> and for those of you that uh, didn't read the title of the episode, we're going to be talking about Joe Diffie tonight. So That's right. Uh, we want to invite our good friend of the show, Jake Rowe, back on. That was a rhyme. That was pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> So the first, we, uh, we don't have a lot of news this week. There wasn't a whole lot going on. The ACMs happened, so we're going to recap that. Uh, talk a little yeah. bit about Eric Church's new album and then some of the charts for this coming week, but... Uh, other than that, not a whole lot going on this week, guys. But uh, that new church album, what what do you think, Chris? Uh, well, I think you've probably heard more of it than me, since you're a since you're a church choir member. Um, I have heard the whole project. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably, for me, I think there were only what four new songs that came out. I mean, it's 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 yeah. awesome, but half of it, half of it feels uh, feels like I heard it six months ago. But it but mm. but I love it. But it's <laughs> it's yeah. definitely not the same experience as it used to be when a new album came out. Yeah, and it's weird that Church did that because he doesn't typically follow the grain, you know. Yeah, but whatever. It's new Church is new Church, but yeah, I did get the full project. I got the uh, three disc or the three set of vinyls on Thursday, a day before Heart came out. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which was pretty sweet. Which he actually did the digital release for Heart to the Church Choir on Thursday as well. Um, I, I will yeah. say that. Um, we were talking before we came on air, and and, uh, and Jake mentioned uh, Leonard Skinner Jones. I think that so far of the songs that that I've heard, it's probably my favorite. You yeah. think so? Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really love that. I really love it. Yeah. It, it's probably. I don't want to give it away as my top. One of my top ten because we're probably gonna hint hint cover yeah. this record eventually. That's but right. um, yeah, it's probably my top ten. I, I like Russian Roulette a lot. Yeah, it, it's kind of got a record year vibe to it a little bit. Yeah, and it's almost like, I even saw some people commenting in the groups online, like it's like uh, Springsteen 2.0. Yeah. Because he has that one line in there, he's like, I want a uh, memory without a melody or whatever. Yep. Kind of like reverses the Springsteen vibe, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's but it's, I mean, in the groups, people are uh, split on it, uh, it seems mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very, like, rock-influenced. I mean, I watched the live stream that he did on Twitch and Amazon Music last night where it was, like, a 30-minute set and then a 30-minute Q&A. And, he, I mean, he even talked about how he had a lot of meatloaf influence, a lot of queen influence, and he wanted it to be, like, a rock record, pretty much. I'm paraphrasing. Those weren't his exact words, but... Um, so it's definitely a very rock-influenced album, and like you said, people are super torn on it because there's, like, people, like, in the groups that are saying, can you pick out a country song on this record? I can't find one. And, yeah, yeah, and I can't. I don't really agree with that. I mean, we'll we'll get into the, more of that when we cover the whole album, but it's, I mean, church is just church. You don't need to try to put him in his own, in a genre. He's just, he's just his own genre. And, I mean, if you've been following him over the course of his career, every project's been so different in a sense, you know? Like, it has its own vibe to it, I feel like. Yeah, but. yeah for sure. But yeah, I'm I'm digging it. I've I've listened to it a few times. The the uh, and album and soul I've only listened to all the way through once, just because it's vinyl and it's got to get up. You got to flip it over. You got to swap them out. I know it sounds lazy, but um, in a, in a world of streaming, it's kind of <laughs> it's cool. But you know what I mean. You, you guys listen. Yeah. Don't judge me. Okay. That's right. <laughs> 
But yeah, the ACMs did happen. Uh, <laughs> whew, they happened, that's for sure. It was really weird. It was maybe one of the weirdest award shows I've ever seen, as Absolutely. far as uh, recipients anyway. So I guess we can go ahead and recap those. Uh, Female Artist of the Year, no other than Maren Morris. <laughs> yeah, we, I think, did, did we both get that, Joey, or... I forget who you I predicted. forget. I, I think we yeah. might have. I don't know. If, yeah. if you guys know, come to our Facebook group and let us know who we That's predicted because right. we recorded that episode and I can't remember. But That's right. <laughs> but yeah, Maren Morris won Female Artist of the Year. Uh, group of the Year, Old Dominion. I think I did call that one. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about these two last week, but New Female Artist of the Year, Gabby Barrett. We both had that one. Uh, new Male Artist, Jimmy Allen. Yep. Uh, neither of us had that. Uh, album of the Year, Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. Awesome. Yeah, we both got that. Probably the best award of the night. Yeah, I agree. Uh, song of the Year, I have no freaking idea how this happened, but The Bones by Maren Morris. The song that was released in 2019, I have no idea, but whatever. Uh, musical Event of the Year, I was actually stoked for this one. It was Carly Pierce and Lee Bryce with I Hope You're Happy Now. Yep. Love that song, love Carly, love Lee, so that was sweet. Uh, duo of the year, might as well call it the Dan and Shay Award nowadays. Uh, they won it, no, no question there. Did you see where? I know you had mentioned it, but a huge backlash where people were saying that they uh, that they were lip syncing for sure. And Dan came out and said that there was just a delay on the camera and that they were not lip syncing. I don't, I don't know who I believe, but they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were going crazy on online oh, about that. Dude, Conspiracy. I saw that. Yeah, oh, Jake, I, I don't know. I don't think you caught the award show you said off air or well, no, before we started on there, but dude, it was like so bad. I don't even know how to explain. Like, Dan was so behind the the words that were playing, and I'm like, oh my God. Kind of like uh, Mariah Carey at New Year's Eve a few years oh, ago. Yeah. So yeah. bad. And I was like, what the heck? Are they lip syncing that bad? And I guess, like Chris just said, people were online just saying stuff about how it was a production issue and Dan posted it or whatever. And Yeah. I don't know because I did see the ACM Facebook page or Instagram or something because I was posting on our social media, all the uh, award winners and things like that. And I think it was like perfect when you watched it on the social media, but on TV it was like super delayed. So... I kind of had to like retract my opinion because I'm like maybe it was a delay in production. Like you never know. Anybody yeah. can edit it, anything these days. Yeah, yeah. but I, that was the other it, thing. Anybody it was, can it edit. It was pre-taped, so there's no reason to have um, lip synced it because if, if they messed it up, they could just do it again. You know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, well, at one I point, know. and I, the masses might come after me for this one. At one point, I even thought Luke Combs was lip syncing for a second. Did you get to watch his performance at all? Yeah, I, I, I did. I don't, I don't. I think that Luke probably uses some sort of auto tuner on his mm-hmm. on the microphone live, maybe. So I don't. I don't think he was lip syncing. I think he might. They some of them just get a little extra help. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when I rewatched it, I think that's what I was. Th- that I mean, that's exactly what I thought too. I'm like, okay, I don't think he's lip syncing, but I think they've tuned his mic a little bit. Yeah. Which whatever. Luke's awesome. We yeah. love Luke regardless. So whatever. Luke can do whatever he wants. <laughs> Tell tell us about these last two awards here, Joe. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, male artist of the year. We'll start there and save the uh, the best for last, so to speak. You got Thomas Rhett that wins the male artist of the year. Now, no disrespect to Thomas, I like his old stuff, nah. and, and I think yeah. he's going to drop an awesome project with this double album. I've talked about it a lot on the show. But come on, male artist of the year for twenty right. twenty? I don't think so. You know, I think they got that one all wrong. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But, but not as long opinion. as this next one. <laughs> yeah, this one was an absolute shocker, and it was like, I literally laughed. And you know, no disrespect to this artist or his fans, because I can consider myself a fan. But you've got Entertainer of the Year. You've got guys like Luke Combs, Eric Church nominated for this category. They announced Luke, and I'm super stoked. I'm like, oh man, Luke Combs just got it. And then they say Brian, Luke Brian. <laughs> and it just caught me so off guard. Absolutely. And I've, I even, at our end of 2020 episode, I even said that Luke Bryan's album was one of my favorite albums for 2020 because it kind of went back to his roots a little bit. Some, Not all of it, but some of it. And it was just good, some of the, some of it was just really good storytelling songs and sounded more country than the stuff he'd been putting out. Yep. But I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Luke Bryan's Entertainer of the Year, and it's, you know, it's such a hard year to pick an Entertainer of the Year with being in a global pandemic and nobody doing shows or anything like that, but... Yeah, I agree. I mean, he did a few, th- few live stream events, he had the record drop, I'm sure it had a ton of sales, I don't know the numbers, um, but I mean... When you're going up against Eric Church and Luke Combs, I mean, Luke Bryan's one Entertainer of the Year at the ACMs twice, I believe, uh, 2013 and 15, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, caught, it totally caught me off guard. I was like, this it, is yeah. a joke. <laughs> For sure. It, it caught me off guard, but I, I think I have a theory. I think that because there were no fans and because it was such a weird year that they kind of just, they kind of just, punted on giving Luke the award because, I mean, everybody was assuming that Luke was probably going to win it. And I hate to say this, but there's other than Luke, there's really nobody in country music right now that's ready to take that mantle of Entertainer of the Year other than Morgan, and we all know that we all know what's going on with Morgan. Yeah. So if you if you give the award to Luke this year, then, you know, I mean, where, where do you go from there? Because there's really no other, like, up-and-coming superstars that can win that award. I mean, Luke's, mm-hmm. Luke's pretty much it, you know? So yeah. I mean, Luke's going to win it. I mean, I'm shocked that he Inevitable. didn't win it this year, but, I mean, he's going to win it. I'm shocked he went 0 for 3. Yeah. I was like, the, the, the ACMs do not, I mean, like you said, <laughs> the CMAs, <laughs> I think, are a little bit more reputable than, than yeah. the ACMs. A little more prestigious. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It was just whatever. It happened. It's over. I mean, if That's we right. re- if we remember last year, they had Thomas Rhett and Carrie Underwood tie for Entertainer of the Year. Yeah, it's almost like you're watching WWE. Like you, it's entertaining, but you know it's staged. <laughs> yeah, it's I just agree. the weirdest thing. And I don't know. That's the best comparison I can make. The ACMs is like it's entertaining to watch, but then you see it and you're like, oh well, this is so staged and so not how it should go. But whatever. Um, there were some good performances though. I mean, uh, Luke's Forever After All. Alan Jackson came out and sang a couple. That was amazing. Yeah. Anytime yeah. you can hear some AJ, that's awesome. Blake doing Austin was pretty cool. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, you had Stapleton who sang. Yeah. Him and Miranda together. Yep. Kenny and Kelsey, right? Kenny, yep. Kenny that, and Kelsey. That, I think that was there. probably my favorite performance of the night, Kenny and, Kenny and Kelsey together. It was pretty good. It was yeah. really good. I, I, that single is very different for her. It's super like uh, slow and stripped down and not poppy like a lot of like a lot of Kelsey stuff. And her and Kenny are from the same hometown, so that's that's pretty cool that they that Kenny jumped on that with her. Yeah, pretty special. That's awesome. But yeah, that, that's the ACMs in a nutshell. You didn't if you didn't watch, you didn't miss a whole lot. So Jake, I think you're good, my man. That's all right with me. <laughs> Nothing that's you can uh, Google the day after and be shocked by seeing Luke Bryan winning Entertainer of the Year. Congrats yeah. to everyone, though. We have our opinions, but still really cool for those people that win. So 
and their fan bases, I'm sure, are super stoked for them. So whatever, it's all good. Yep. What do the charts look like, Chris? Well, Gabby, uh, Gabby Barrett, the good ones, is number one at radio again this week, and it looks like it's going to be number one again next week. Chewy. And the number one album this week in country music is the re-release of um, Taylor Swift's uh, first album, or um, Fearless. Fearless. And she, yeah, she's she's going back in and re-recording every single song that she ever put out so that she can own the masters of them. And only Taylor Swift could go back in 12 years after releasing a CD and re-release the same CD with a couple extra bonus tracks and just dominate the charts again. It's <laughs> it's wild, man. Dude, it's been insane watching that resurge. Yeah. Like, all over social media and TikTok, people are using her songs, like, as sounds and stuff. It's funny because a lot of people my age, like, in their late 20s that grew up loving Taylor Swift, and I'm like, this is, like... A modern day nostalgia or something. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, it is <laughs> cool yeah, though. She's gonna. They're, they're, she's they're putting it on TikTok when we had it on MySpace. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> did we even have MySpace yet? Yeah, we did at that point. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, crazy man. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Chris? She's, I mean, she's gonna re-release all of her CDs. So yeah. this is. I mean, she's gonna dominate the charts for the next two years. With old music, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy stuff. It's wild. Like you said, only Taylor Swift could do that. Yep. It's awesome. But, but yep, guys, that's the charts. That's it for the news on Nashville slash ACM slash chart wrap up this week. So we'll go ahead and uh, jump into the bulk of this episode. Like like we mentioned earlier, we're gonna be talking about Joe Diffie. I'm just going to talk some background on Joe Diffie, kind of like our Keith Whitley episode a few months back. If you guys check that out with Jake. And then we're going to recap our top five uh, favorite Diffie songs. So go ahead and jump into this one here. Just a little background on Joe Diffie. I pulled a lot of this stuff from uh, Wikipedia and other online sources. Uh, You know, Joe was born into a musical family in Oklahoma in 1958. And his first musical performance came at the age of seven years old when he performed The Muffin Man. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Uh, (laughs) Diffie's father, he played guitar and banjo and his mother sang as well. And this was something I found that was kind of interesting because his parents claimed that he could sing a harmony at just three years old. I believe that. And I'm like, you know, coming from Joe, I, that makes sense, you know. But uh, throughout his younger years, they moved all over. They lived in Oklahoma, moved to Texas, Washington, Wisconsin, then back to Oklahoma. And in his last two years of high school, he actually played football, baseball, golf, and ran track. During his senior year, he was recognized as best all-around male athlete. Wow. Didn't know any of that. I did not. You would not have guessed that Joe was a big athlete athlete (laughs) later in his career. Yeah, all all respect to Joe, but I'm like, I never knew he was like this amazing high school athlete. It's crazy, but um, after graduating high school, he went on to Cameron University in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. Forgive me if I'm saying that incorrectly. And after he got married, he decided to drop out of college and not to pursue the medical career he was going to school for, which worked out for people like us absolutely that enjoy country music. Um, but yeah, he spent some time working in oil fields, drove a truck that pumped concrete into oil fields. Uh, that was when he was living in Texas before he moved back to Duncan to work in a foundry which is kind of like a metal uh, warehouse type thing. But yeah, during that time, he worked as a musician on the side, first in this gospel group that was called Higher Purpose, and then a bluegrass band called Special Edition. And then Diffie actually built a recording studio and began touring with Special Edition in other states around the area and was sending like demo tracks to publishers in Nashville. 
Hank Thompson actually recorded Joe Diffie's Love on the Rocks, and Randy Travis put one of Diffie's songs on hold, but ultimately didn't wind up recording it. So what a cool feeling for a guy just kind of working in the oil fields, cutting demos, to have Randy Travis hold one of your songs. Absolutely. <laughs> that was sweet, but... Unfortunately, the founder he was working at closed in 86, and he declared bankruptcy and had to sell the studio out of financial necessity, and then divorced his wife, uh, who left with their two children, and then he spent several months kind of just depressed and not knowing what to do before he actually decided to move to Nashville, and when he moved to Nashville, he took a job at Gibson Guitar Corporation, and while at Gibson, he contacted a songwriter and recorded more demos including songs that were later recorded by Ricky Van Shelton, Billy Dean, Alabama, and the Forster Sisters. And by mid-89, he quit working at the company that he was working for, Gibson, to record demos full-time. And then he met Debbie, who later became his second wife. And, uh, you know, later that year, he was contacted by Bob Montgomery, a songwriter and record producer known for working with Buddy Holly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. so that was a pretty cool connection. I know, I, know, I know during that time, he was recording duet with uh, Trisha Yearwood, mm-hmm. and him and I think during that time, him and Garth and Trisha were kind of like the go-to demo singers in Nashville. Um, I've heard I've heard Trisha talk a lot about running into Diffie and Garth back in back in those days. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy to think about them them <laughs> just singing cool. demos, all of them? Yeah, wouldn't you <laughs> love love to get your hands on some of that, some of those demos? Man, you might be able to search the abyss of eBay and find one for like ten grand. Yeah, you might be able to. <laughs> or more. Yeah. No, I'm kidding, but uh, well, I might not be kidding. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Montgomery was actually the vice president of A and R Epic Records at the time, and said that he wanted to sign Diffie to a contract with the label, but he had to put him on hold for a year. Well, in the meantime, Holly Dunn released "There Goes My Heart Again," which was a Diffie co-write, and uh, Diffie sang the backup vocals on the song. And following that song's chart success, Diffie was able to sign with Epic in early of 1990. So after signing with Epic, uh, the label actually released Diffie's debut album, A Thousand Winding Roads, at the end of 1990 with Montgomery and Johnny Slate as the producers. The first single, Home, reached the top of the Billboard Country Songs chart. And then later in 92, he dropped his second album titled Regular Joe, and it was actually certified gold by the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America. And the first two singles from the album both peaked at number five on Billboard, uh, those songs being It's Cold in Here and Ships That Don't Come In. Classic, right? I was about to say, a a classic Diffie tune. Uh, 93, Honky Tonk Attitude dropped, which was a huge one for him. Yeah, I think this this took him to a whole other level right here. Yeah, this is what really sprung him into what what we would call stardom in the 90s. But um, they shipped a million copies to the United States, and it was a certified platinum album. The first three singles from the album all reached the top ten on the country singles charts, those being John Deere Green, Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox, and In My Own Backyard. I don't know if I know In My Own Backyard. I listened to it earlier today. If you listen to it, you'll know it. I would know it. What, yeah. what about you, Jake? Do you know that one? I, I, don't, I don't know the title, but it's, it's like Joey said. I, if I heard it, I might know it, but I, yeah. I don't know the title, title right off the top of my head. Yeah, if you guys listen to it after the show or whatever, you'll know you'll know it. Because when I first read that, I was like, oh, I don't know if I know that. And then I listened you know. to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but, yeah, so that happened. And then actually in 93, that's when Joe was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he continued releasing albums and songs throughout the 90s all the way through the 2010s. Uh, something cool that happened and was kind of nostalgic for me because I love this album 
But in uh, 2012, Jason Aldean recorded the song 1994, and uh, it was released in February of 13 as the third single from Aldean's Night Train album. And uh, he name-dropped Stiffy and incorporated several of his song titles into the lyrics. And upon hearing about that happening, it's on record that Diffie said, quote, it's really an honor to be mentioned in the song and that it was flattering. And I thought that was just cool because me and my buddies in 2013 used to rock 1994 all the time <laughs> by Aldean. Yeah, sure. it's, it's a goofy, fun song, you know, but... Um, Throughout Diffie's career, you know, he's won some awards. He won the ACM in 1993 for Vocal Event of the Year, which is a smash. I Don't Need Your Rockin' Chair with George Jones. Yep. Uh, won a 1998 Grammy for Best Country Collaboration with Vocals, Some Old Train with Marty Stewart. And then he won the 1990 Cashbox Award for Male Vocalist of the Year. Um, in his career, he had 35 singles on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart, and five of which peaked at number one, including Pickup Man, which was his longest-lasting number one with four weeks. And he also, during his career, co-wrote singles for Holly Dunn, Tim McGraw, Jody Messina, and also recorded with Mary Chapman, Carpenter, George Jones, and Marty Stewart. And You know, back in the 90s, having a number one song was not that big of a deal. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, most of the songs that we know and we love from the 90s, like, if they peaked if they peaked within the top 10 or especially the top five, that was okay. You know, like, yeah. today, like, if a song doesn't go number one, everybody's like, oh, why, why did this song not go number one? But, like, mm-hmm. Joe, I mean, he only had five songs go number one, but he probably had, what do you think, 20 singles that, that were absolute 90s classic country, you know? Oh, yeah, super neo-traditional sounding. Yeah, Jams. absolutely. Yeah, I mean to have thirty-five singles chart back then is huge, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was just different yeah. times back then. Yeah, but now yeah. I mean, back then they would release three to five singles a year, and not all of them were going to go to the top of the charts, and that was okay back then. Yeah, uh, but that you know that kind of summarizes uh, a lot of Joe's accolades and just kind of his bring up and a little bit of a very very high level overview of his career. Um, unfortunately, uh, last year during the pandemic on March 27th, uh, 2020, Diffie announced that he tested positive for coronavirus. And uh, two days later, on March 29th, he died in Nashville at the age of 61 from complications of the virus. Oh man! And that was. I remember, I mean, I know it was only a little over a year ago, but I, I'll probably never forget what I was doing and where I was at yeah, when I either. found out Joe Diffie died. What were you doing, Joe? I was working in my backyard. We just cut down a bunch of brush and trees because we had uh, just just bought the house a couple months earlier. And uh, yeah, so we had cut down a bunch of trees and brush and I was out on my patio with two burn barrels going, just burning all the brush and uh, sat down to take a break and check my phone and boom, it popped up. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So I... Uh, Turn my Bluetooth speaker up, put some pickup man on, and crack the cold one for Joe. But it was yep. sad times, man. And I mean, so many people were affected and lost during this pandemic, and it's just been sad, man. Yeah, I mean, right, right at the very beginning there. I mean, you know, John Prine, Joe Diffie, there were you know a couple others, and I, mean, Prine. I thought, you know, at that time, I thought, man, there, there's going to be a ton of people die from this, and thank, you know, thank God it kind of leveled out and. We didn't lose more of our musical icons. I was, I think I texted you as soon as I, as soon as I heard about it. And, uh, I mean, we were just, you know, I, I got to see Joe's last concert he ever did was here in Charleston. Um, wow. About two and a half weeks before he died. And he was not feeling very well that night. Like there were definitely, um, he was definitely, they cut, they cut the show short. It was weird. I just remember afterwards me and Lindsay being like, that, I mean, we've, we've seen Joe a bunch. And I was just like, that's, there was something going on with him um, yeah. but obviously did not expect him to to pass two and a half weeks later 
It's crazy. Jake, do you remember what you were doing when you found out Diffie passed away? Oh, yeah. I was I was at work, and uh, I, we just went and sat down for lunch, and I sat there and was flipping through my phone and seen it on Facebook, and I honestly thought it was, like, fake. You know yeah. what I mean? But, yeah. And then there was more, you know, like, uh, CMT put it out, and then all the news stations started reporting it. And then, then I was like, holy crap, this is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, it really sucked because Diffie was just growing up, you know, when you were a kid in the 90s and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure your guys' parents listen to the country and everything else, but you just heard him on the radio all the time. Yeah. And it just, it was, he was part of, you know, me growing up to love country music and uh, it just, it hurt. Yeah. Yep. For I, sure. I, I feel the same way. He was another one that my grandparents would crank up and, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon on a Saturday morning for my grandma to be cleaning the house, just cranking her uh, boombox to a Joe Diffie CD, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I mean, throughout the years, I'll be honest, Diffie's not one that I'll just turn on and listen to all the time, but it's a nice, like, time capsule to go back and listen to. Kind of like old Garth, you know? Like, I don't just necessarily go turn on old Garth, but it's nice to listen to that and just have that nostalgia of the nineties and yeah. takes you back. And I mean, yeah, Diffie is sure. a country music icon. Let's, you know, let's be honest and uh, gone too soon. That's absolutely for sure. And you know, he'll, he'll be missed by many. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you one crazy. thing that'll never be gone about Joe Diffie is that mean, aggressive mullet. That he had. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. That thing, that thing deserves to be in the mullet hall of fame. Right up there with the rest of them. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the mullet's back, but but, but um, it was a different Diff, kind of mullet Diffie, back then. Yeah, Diffie was Diffy was the the late eighties, early nineties, full yes. on perm mullet. Oh yeah. I mean, it was it was. I don't, I'm not even sure if it was casual in the front, but I'm telling you, the party was all there. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's that's I'm not but sure that was, it was casual that was, in the front. That was styling back then. <laughs> like he was. They were loving that. I mean, you look at Travis Tritt, his hairstyle, oh, yeah. and Joe Diffie, those guys, oh, they were rocking it. I mean, all of them had mullets, man. Uh, Blake. That's funny. I mean, look at all those 90s yeah. kind of guys. It's crazy, but. Tim, Tim when Tim first came out, Tim. He, had, he had the long hair in the back. Yeah. That's funny. It was just a different time. I mean, oh, especially, I mean, there was two hairstyles in, in the early 90s that really mattered, and it was the mullet and the rat tail. The rat. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus had. I, I had a mullet. <laughs> I had I a mullet. You had a rat kid. tail. Nah, man, I had a mullet. My brother and I both. Oh yeah. We were, we were official '90s boys, uh, so yeah, mullets for sure. If you guys, uh, <laughs> the listeners, can search my personal Facebook page and creep real hard, they might be able to find a picture somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I encourage you not to do so. But um, it, it may come up somewhere. But uh, yeah, so that you know that that was kind of where we were all at when we found out about Diffie. So, what are some of your guys' earliest memories of Joe Diffie? Jake, I know you kind of mentioned that your uh, parents played it growing up and stuff. But what what are kind of some of your early memories or like? Do you remember your first impression of Diffie at all? My first time uh, actually hearing a Diffie song was I I don't know why I remember this or whatever. But we were going down, <clears throat> we were going down old Oxford State, and I was driving with my mom, or riding with my mom in her old uh, blazer that she had, 
And for some, it was gorgeous outside. Windows were down, breeze blowing in, and Third Rock from the Sun was just blaring on the radio. Jam. And I mean that. I, I mean, he had so many songs, but that was my first impression on on Dippy. And I mean, I, I was only hell. I don't know. I was probably six, seven. I don't know. But I remember that was one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. Was Third Rock from the Sun. It's a good one. So good. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. What about you, uh, Chris? What you got? Um, well, I mean, my my earliest memories of Diffy are definitely the novelty songs from that third record. I mean, I don't remember the first two records at all. Um, you know, I know some of those songs now, but that, those definitely they they did not. I mean, they did not make him the star. I mean, CM, the CMT videos of Diffy. And, uh, you know, Prop Me Up and Third Rock from the Sun big, and Bigger Than the Beatles. You know, those um, those songs just took took Joe to a completely different level. And, um, you know, at that time in country music, you know, Garth and George were so big and they dominated everything that, mm-hmm. you know, some of these other guys kind of slipped through the cracks for a while. And I think in these last, you know, probably five to ten years, when people have really gotten nostalgic about 90s country, you know, you look back on guys like Diffie and you think, man, he he was a freaking legend, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there were definitely times where people didn't think of Joe in that way yeah. um, because of the novelty songs and because, and because of the, you know, kind of goofy goofy songs. But when you look back at, at his list of songs, he had those kind of funny songs, but he had some absolute stone-cold country ballads that yeah. are... You know he could. I mean, he could sing with anybody. Such a such a unique kind of twangy voice. Yeah, I love. It's weird that you say that, but you, I, this is just my personal opinion or whatever. But do you guys, when you hear Diffy, do you guys kind of like, if you closed your eyes and you did not know the song or who the artist was, could you confuse him with Alan Jackson a little bit? Yeah, like a little bit. I was gonna say I, I think there's bit. some resemblance. I, I for some I, it's just me. I don't I don't know, but it's it's probably it's, just you. Yeah, <laughs> it really is at this point. Now now I'm I just picking feel like, on you know, hit, Jake's not coming back on the pod. He's gonna be like, oh, uh, they just now. they just I'm make retiring. me feel secluded. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'll take some heat. Yeah, I can see it, man. No, I, I can see a little resemblance for sure. No, AJ I, is just I don't I don't know if it, if it's just how clear that they speak their lyrics or if it's the flow that they they, they use. But I, I see a lot of similarities between those guys. Maybe, and I know that they're on completely two different spectrums. I mean, like, Alan Jackson is an absolute, I mean, top-tier legend. And I'm not yeah. saying that Joe isn't. But um, I just, there's, there's some differences. of those similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can, I can, I, I can agree with that. And then, I mean, they're both two neo-traditional guys, too. So, I mean, a lot of their just, like, instrumentation and influences are similar, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, think I mean, that, um one a, thing, one more thing I wanted I wanted to say is, you know, everybody always says that that if somebody like Diffy, you know, the music lives on forever, and that's true. These songs will live on forever. But mm-hmm. I mean, when somebody like Diffy dies, and you know that those songs are never going to get sung again live yeah. at a county fair or at a outdoor amphitheater, and I mean, there's just something so sad about that to me, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I saw Diffie twice at a county fair, and you know there probably were two thousand people, three thousand people. I don't know, but you know that was—I mean—you couldn't get any better than a summer night outside with somebody like Joe Diffie. Nah, no, not at all. I mean, Did, go ahead, Jake. Didn't he? Uh, didn't he play at at uh, 
at the fairground uh purple county one year joey oh i'm sure yeah i, I was going to talk about kind of my first like live experience of joe and i hope this isn't the mandela effect getting to me if you know if you guys know what that is do you guys know what the mandela effect is it's a real thing okay it, chris do you know what it is <laughs> tell me i probably do but tell me <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so basically it's like you think something happened that oh, yeah. didn't really happen, but it's like an alternate parallel universe type thing. <laughs> so I'm hoping this isn't that situation, but I, I vividly remember going to this concert that they used to do up in Dayton, Ohio. And I've talked about this on the show, like our second episode, I think I talked about this. Um, my grandparents, my brother and I would go every year and it was called A Day in the Country at Thomas Cloud Park. And it was something that one of the local radio stations would put on. And if you called the radio station and requested tickets, they would like mail them to you and they were free. And one year, I believe it was 2004, I could not find anything on the internet about it. Not a single freaking thing. But I'm like 99.7% sure Joe Diffie was there. Because I know I saw him somewhere <laughs> when I was young and I'm pretty sure that was it. And uh, I just remember my grandma talking about, yeah, we're going to go see Diffie. We're going to go see Diffie. And I mean, there wasn't a ton of people there. It was, it's kind of like a, it was kind of like a county fair type vibe where they got the little yeah. food booths set up and games and stuff. So, um, that was like my first live experience. My, you know, I'm kind of similar to Jake where I don't necessarily, well, I don't necessarily remember the first time I heard him, but I just remember grandma cleaning the house, cranking that third album and just listening to Diffie, you know? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I saw Diffie at the Opry in uh, 2019 when Luke was inducted to the Grand Ole Opry because he was there for the induction. He Yeah, him and Vince inducted him, right? Yeah, they did, and yeah. uh, they both performed as well. And it was just crazy to think a year later, not even a year later, you know, he passes away. Yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. And I was so thankful to have been able to see him as a child and as a man, you know, and get to just kind of follow him through those decades and... I don't know. Just kind of special, you know? Yeah, for sure. Jake, had you seen him, like, other than the county fair, or was that your experience seeing him live? Or No, I, I honestly, I, I've never I have never seen him live, and that I, it really bothers me that I haven't. Um, but, I I mean, I've listened to him my entire life, but oh, yeah. not, not seeing him live really uh, it kind of irks me a little bit. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. It's all good. But yeah, so I don't know. You guys got anything else in that regard as far as early memories or live shows or anything like that, Chris? Mm, no. I mean, I did not see Joe at all until about five years ago. And then oh, he wow. showed up at, at two or three local county fairs. And then he came to Charleston back in March right before he died. And uh, mm-hmm. But I don't remember seeing him at all, like, open for, um, you know, like – opening for any of the big acts in the 90s i'm you know i may have and i just i just don't remember it um, but mandela you know. effect yeah, that's right that's right that's right man uh, but uh definitely uh, an icon in country music and i think it's kind of like what you it's a very true statement that you said that some of those guys early on in the 90s kind of slipped through the cracks and had a couple hit hits here and there but then when like people in our age group or like our generations look back at that era we're like holy crap this dude had 35 charting songs you know mm-hmm. yeah and uh so it's cool to be able to look back on uh, the different eras of music and see how 
appreciative you can really be of these artists' music later in life. Absolutely. I mean, we're you know we're getting ready to jump into the songs, but I mean, there's probably three of these songs that are like as big of '90s country songs as you can possibly get, and they're mm-hmm. they just have kind of like grown over time. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know, some of these songs that he had are freaking monsters. I mean, it's it's crazy. Oh yeah. So I think without further ado, we should go ahead and jump into it. Let's do it. So if you guys are new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. This is something that we kind of do often where we'll pick our top five, top ten, and rank them. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to rank our top five Joe Diffie songs. We always start lowest to highest, so we'll start with five, go four, three, two, one. And I usually kick it off, so I guess uh, I can go ahead and do that now. Number five, I've got Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox. Classic. Love that song. Can't go wrong with that and and don't hate on me, guys. My list might be a little cliche. It might be your top five Spotify songs that you can see, but no, I'm kidding. But that was one that my grandma used to play over and over, and she'd always like recite that. She's like, when I die, you guys just prop me up beside the jukebox, and it just <laughs> special song to me, you know, and a jam. So that's that's why I had it in my top five. What'd you have, Jake? Number five, I had a night to remember. Ooh, good one. Ooh. Yeah, love that one. Very good song. Great song. What about you, Chris? Number five, I've got It's Always Something. Ooh, nice. Mm. And I think that was probably his last hit. I was going to say, that was a later Kind of at the tail end of his his radio radio run there. And it's similar to A Night to Remember. Um, Just kind of a a melancholy, um, not very similar to the kind of funny songs that that he had there in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Number four, I have a night to remember. So we were we were pretty close there, Jake. <laughs> nice. What about nice. you, Jake? What do you have at number four, man? Number four, I got new way to light up an old flame. Oh, that's a good one. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I killed it. Yeah, I killed yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. You guys are gonna be laughing at my list after these next few. <laughs> that's fine. I bet Jake and I could probably tell you what your list is right now. <laughs> I know you could. Yeah. Jake, you probably could too, but uh, what do you have at four, Chris? Number four, I've got another kind of slow, sad one, uh, Ships That Don't Come In. Beautiful song. Yeah, so so good, man. And that one live, he would slow it down and dedicate it to the kind of to the military and the veterans in the crowd, and mm-hmm. it was it was, it was was an awesome moment. Yeah, that, that song is absolutely incredible. So I guess I can go ahead and say what my number three is. It's Ships That Don't Come In. <laughs> and there's a line in that song and excuse me for uh, I'm about to for those of you that uh, listen to the show normally we don't curse but I, to quote the verse it says we bitch about a dollar when there's those without a dime and I don't know why but that line just resonates with me you know what I mean yeah um, because sure, it's so easy to complain and I don't know it just has a bigger meaning than just being about a dollar and a dime it's like we complain about life, and you know, but we we have so much to be thankful for when there's so many people out there that don't have anything. So I don't know that that line has just always resonated with me. But um, that's why I had at number three. What about you, Jake? Number three, I have home. Oh, nice! You're crushing it, dude. Hey, uh, the home home is really. Um, I put it at three, but that song has like a lot of meaning to me you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it just makes me like think back in my childhood and all that stuff and it just really 
not to be cliche, but it really hits home. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's so. a good song. That's a, that's a killer. And that's one of those ones that was his, what, that was his debut single, right? I mean, that's from the first record. First record, yeah. yeah. And I don't remember that at all from when I was a kid. That's a song that has really grown on me as an adult, you know? I agree. Yes. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I don't remember listening to it when I was younger, but um, just hanging around with buddies and listening to music it, and learning that song, you know, it, it really pops now. Yeah, that one, uh, that was the first single Chris dropped in nine, 1990. Yep. Gosh, that's a, a year older than me. Still listening to it though, and then also music is just timeless, you know. It is, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you have, Chris? Uh, number three. Let's let's get cliche here, Joey. Uh, <laughs> John Deere Green. <laughs> That's a jam. It's all it right is to be an cliche. absolute all-time '90s jam. You cannot get any better than <laughs> than that. I'm pretty sure when he sang that at the Opry, the the roof was about to fly off the building. Oh, I bet. And, and that doesn't happen at the Opry often. As yep. you know, because I know you've been to some shows there. It's very chill. Everybody's kind of sitting in their little pew and not singing and clapping and being respectful. But when John Deere Green came on, it was wild. Yeah. I got. I actually have to have... No matter have, where you are. Yeah, I actually have to like pause for a second and tell a story about that night. because. Uh, and I told this on the, our earlier episode, but we didn't have as many listeners back then. So this is kind of funny. Uh, and kind of uh, fanboyish of me because I drove to Nashville to see Luke Combs' opera induction to meet up with some fan club members that I knew through Facebook. But anyway, um, that being said, I had a ticket that was by myself. And I got seated. I, I just bought like a nosebleed ticket or whatever. And I was seated in this group of people... And I'm, I kid you not, it was two rows of people, and I was like on the end with all these random people, and it was like a big family reunion <laughs> that they were all there for. So I was like in the family reunion with all these people, <laughs> and I was sitting next to Grandma and Grandpa, and I mean, you know, I've been to hundreds of concerts, so I, I have no shame with meeting people, talking to people, just celebrating music, and um, I was singing all the songs and the old lady, old, excuse me, that's kind of rude. The older lady, um, looked at me and she's like, well, you know, all these songs, don't you? And then, <laughs> cause, and I thought she was kind of like annoyed with me, but then when Diffie came out and was singing and they started singing along with John Deere Green, it was just like an awesome moment. Cause I'm like, they weren't annoyed. They just didn't know the songs. Now that they know them, they're screaming them with me. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, they, they, that's how I found out it was a family reunion after that. They were like, well, we're here with our family this row and this row. And um, we're from, I forget where they were from. They're like, we're from such and such. We're here for the week and we want to come out to the Opry. And I'm like, that's awesome. I was like, thanks for being so welcoming to this loner that drove down to Nashville by himself. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, not to get off off of the tangent there. where We were, you said number three, Chris. So I think we're at my number two now, right? Yep. Here we go. Top Top two. Top two, oh man, I've got John Deere Green at number two. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You can't beat it, man. Oh, it's a it's an absolute jam. And when it comes on, I don't care if you're at the bonfire, if you're at a bar, if you're at Applebee's for dinner, everybody's going to get buck wild. It's, it's like one of them, I, I mean, it may not be as crazy as uh, Friends in Low Places, but I would put it on like that level of a yeah, like yeah. anthem, the country music anthem, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's definitely like top 10 90s anthems like yeah you can't, you can't beat it everybody knows it if even if you're not a country music fan you know that song you know or you've heard it or some your friends know it so you've heard it but it's just yep. absolutely iconic but that's what i had number two jake what do you have my man 
number two, I have bigger than the Beatles. Oh, that's such a good Boom. one. So good, man. That is that is awesome. Chris, what about you, man? I'm just gonna follow Jake's lead. Bigger than the <laughs> Beatles, number two. Nice. That is <laughs> those. I mean, that song right there. I just remember the video. Um, so well from when I was a kid on CMT and uh, it's just such a such a it's kind of a middle you know it's not like it's not quite as probably iconic as John Deere Green or or Prop Me Up um, or Redneck Man but it's just another one of those ones that probably everybody that's ever listened to country music knows yeah absolutely man and it's such a good one I'll, I'll be honest it didn't make my list we're at number one for me right now i wonder if we all have the same number one because there's one iconic diffie song that none of us have named off yet and i i have at number one if you can guess it i've got pickup man <laughs> <laughs> how cliche right pickup man at number one yeah i mean you can't get more original than that <laughs> but that is an absolute jam, though, man. It is. It is an it absolute is, jam. That is. I, I mean, I it was. His... See how many times I drove around in my old. Joey remembers that the old step side. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. tell you how many how many times I jammed that song driving in that truck. I don't know how many times I've jammed that song in my dad mobile. It's an SUV or my sedan. I never even had a pickup, and I was thought I was a pickup man. You know what I'm saying? It's just a jam. Yeah. But uh, yeah, absolute iconic song. But what do you have at uh, number one, Jake? Number one, I have, and I don't think you guys are going to guess this. Probably not. So help, so help me, girl. Oh, oh yeah, I, that, that almost made awesome my top song. five. Yeah, me too. It didn't. It didn't quite crack it, but that is an awesome song. I almost yeah, took out uh, Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox and put that one in there, but I was like, ah, that one's more sentimental to me, and I like it, but it's hard. when yeah. you look at these 90s artists and these 80s artists, it's really hard to narrow down like their top five, like your top five favorite songs by them. Yeah, we really need to do like a top ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this would have, we could have easily done a top ten on Diffie. Oh, for sure. Oh, 100%. Absolutely, yeah. but what uh, what do you have at number one, Chris? My number one, you guys um, both had on your on your list, um, so we've kind of agreed on this one. A night, a night to remember. Awesome, song. great song. Awesome. Was I the only one that put Pickup Man? Yeah, because you were the only one that looked at the Spotify top five and just put that. <laughs> yeah, and just put those. Oh my god, dude! I am not a real Diffie fan. I am not. Oh Jeez. my gosh, man! Hey, I had a night to remember now. and ships that don't come in. So I mean, that's, that's they, a, yeah, you're yeah, right. You know, you're right. You know, those, you're trying to get out of it now. I know a night to remember wasn't a top five. I had to dig deep in the archives for that one, right? No. Oh man, the, I can't. I can't the, believe I was so the good. only one that. I can't believe I was the only one that had home on their top five. Oh man, it's kind of sad, man. It makes it is, yeah, <laughs> oh, same. I love it, but it is sad. I mean, like I like we just said, you could easily have a top ten for this guy, and that probably would have made my top ten for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different songs that we could have put if we had a top ten, like we talked about a few minutes ago. I mean, uh, bigger than the Beatles is one that I probably would have put in my top ten. Uh, there's a couple others that I don't know if you guys listed that to put in my top ten, but. Maybe we can do another Jake Rowe reunion episode and crank out the track six through ten of Diffie. Yeah, what's uh, <laughs> what's gonna be our next deep dive into late eighties, early nineties country? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Jake. You call it, man. It's this is your specialty. Uh, so, what are, you, what are you looking to do? Oh man, I mean, oh, you're gonna put me on the spot. I, have, I mean, have you got? 
Have you guys have you guys done uh, Travis Tritt yet? Nope, not yet. That's that's, that's what I thought you were gonna say. No, I, I was hoping you'd say that actually. I mean, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. That's the we'll, that'll we'll, be the next one. We'll, we'll get a date it. here coming up in the near future and get you back on for some trip. But I think that wraps up Diffy tonight, man. What do you guys think? Yep, another uh, good one. Yeah, another good guy. one. Gone too soon. Good episode. Had a lot of fun, Jake. Man, thanks for coming on. We always appreciate your support and hopping yep. on to hang thanks, out with Jake. us. Guys, I, I love the podcast. I love that you guys have me on. And, uh, re, you know, this old country music really strikes a chord with me, and I appreciate you guys coming on and let me share. And love, love what you guys got going on here. Absolutely, man. We appreciate that. And for anyone that's new here that sees the title of our podcast as Bro Country Podcast, we don't just listen to bro country music. It's just a pun because it's two bros talking about country music. So. Don't don't take the name of our podcast and think we're only going to talk about Luke Bryan. We're going to talk about the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, currents. We're going to talk about it all. So definitely appreciate all the listeners tuning in tonight as well. Uh, wouldn't be uh, as worthwhile without your guys' support, so we, we truly appreciate that. And uh, Jake, we'll, we'll have you on here soon again, man. All right, man. Uh, I'll look forward to it. Yeah, but... Before we wrap it up, I do want to give a shout-out to our socials. You guys go check us out. We're everywhere. I mean, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. Just search Bro Country Pod. You'll be able to find us. Actually, we do have something big in the works. Right, Chris? That's right. Yep. We're not going to talk about it because it's not solidified yet, but we have something that could be huge for us in the works, and we're super excited to uh, have this opportunity but we're going to leave it at that um we'll we'll uh, put some more feelers out as things come to fruition but we'll see that's right uh, i think that's going to do it for tonight guys you guys got anything else i think we're good all right guys as always until next time keep it country and take care of each other